1: Folks, this is Princess. You are listening to the Millennial Mustard
2: Seed Podcast. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to share with your friends. It's tough. We're in a very tough spot. I think that what we're doing right now is a great benefit and virtue because it's an end around between this whole corrupt informational system, media system. We claim to believe in a God who spoke the universe into existence and literally raised himself from the dead. And yet we're not going to believe that anything else exists in the spirit realm, even though his word tells us that they do.
3: Their bodies weren't permitted to go to sleep, like humans do, and they weren't permitted to go to heaven. So they wander the earth. You know, I've seen the eyes turn black to unknown tongues being spoken.
4: These giants live way up in the highlands the young graves, the young men, would hide up in the trees and wait for one of these 12-footers to come walking down the path, and they would jump on him and kill him, drag him back to the village, and the village would feast on the body. Freedom!
0: Then people start to get weapons they start to get armor they start to build cities they start to fortify their cities now god looks down and there's violence everywhere
2: the battle this war that we are at is not against each other it's against these principalities and these rulers and these archons in the high places it's really worthwhile to read the bible yourself fear is one of the primary drivers of mind control because we
1: have to take every thought captive and resist fear you're going to have a testimony that is a justice case against the kingdom of darkness.
2: Welcome back to the Millennium Mustard Seed podcast. This is your host, Rod, and thank you for being here with me you guys will be listening to a majestic mashup an epic collaboration done by michael basham of spirit wars and strange o'clock podcast fringe radio network and we are also joined by pete and luke from the days of noah and rick from that's so fringy podcast this was recorded on my end but we went live on 11 11 at 11 a.m eastern standard time on fringe radio network And we really just have this awesome conversation where the premises of the show is based on the questions you feel uncomfortable asking at your local church building within the four walls. We wanted to give you guys a safe place and let you know that we don't have all the answers, but we're willing to take this journey with you and ask the strange questions and have a safe space where we can have dialogue and read the Bible and ask all those weird things that really most church buildings won't allow us to dive into so i really hope you guys enjoy this episode i'm going to keep the intro real short and sweet so we can get right into this and real quick you guys leave me that five star rating and review on your favorite podcast catcher if you're on apple podcast leave me five stars write me a written review if you're on spotify interact with each one of these episodes you can vote on the polls you can comment and you can leave me five stars on spotify as well and if you guys feel led to donate we could really use your help in our time of need you'll find all those details in the show notes and share this episode share every episode you listen to here on the mustard seed that is how you guys help us find one more person just like me and you i'm not gonna waste any more time because i'm ready to dive into this episode are you guys ready let's go
1: button don't make me hit this trigger i'm gonna do it
2: okay go we are here live on fringe radio network and it is an honor to be back with such a majestic mashup man we got something really cool going on today because we're going to be asking questions and we have been taking questions from listeners all around the world and around the country about stuff that they feel uncomfortable asking within the four walls within the church and this is an epic mashup Obviously, we got the one and only Michael Basham here from Spirit Force Fringe Radio Network. We're joined by Rick from That's So Fringy Podcast. And then we got brothers Pete and Luke from the Days of Noah Podcast. And this is Rod from the Millennial Mustard Seed. Guys, it is an honor to be here. Uh, it's This is cool. Good morning. Good morning.
1: Good morning, everybody. We're live at FringeRadioNetwork.com.
4: Yeah. Thank you.
0: Big honor. This is awesome. Where's everybody
4: at? I heard uh, the rock, uh, the Colorado. Uh, no, you said Appalachian. Sorry, I'm messing the it Smokies. up already. Smokies, yes. Mister, where's everybody uh, at? I'm in yes, Louisiana. We're
1: on the edge of the Smoky Mountains here. Um, been been here for two years. Before this was Hawaii. Before that was uh, Taiwan, and uh, it's been it's been awesome. Just uh, doing doing lots of shows and then watching new shows pop up that. Uh, it's like, it's like the It's I don't know. It's like the end of Avengers Endgame or something coming on to see all of your shows, and it's it's so cool. I can't wait to introduce yes. you guys to the audience and get to know you guys better. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. this is a lot of
3: fun I'm glad you guys uh put this together because you know we we're all having these questions in our minds we're all talking about this stuff and and this is Rick with that's so fringy podcast we talk a lot about you know all of these questions that people have and all of these weird things that are going on in the world right now and we're all trying to kind of just nail it down and be like okay what is really going on out there and what is you know what's up with these aliens what's up with these cryptids what's up with all this stuff and if For those of us that are believers, uh, we begin to start asking the question, like, how does this fit in with my worldview? You know, how does this fit in with the Bible? How does this make sense to me and my friends? And uh, But, you know, it's too crazy, right? It's too fringe. So we can't ask those questions. It makes people uncomfortable at church, you know? Well, you know, the idea of this podcast is just to kick the doors open, you know, just like, whatever, we don't care about all of these social things where you're not allowed to do this and you're not allowed to do that. We want to just talk.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm up here in I Wisconsin. Met. Uh, Luke and I grew up here and, and like he said, he's in, uh, Louisiana. And so, yeah, we've been doing the Days of Noah podcast now for about a year this month. I think it is, uh, 50 some episodes already and got to know, uh, Rod this past year and, and uh introducing us to to you guys this morning is great so yeah it's great to be here and as uh, as i kind of think of like the elevator pitch or sentence for the inevitable when you tell someone you do a show or a podcast they're like whoa what's it about because they're always intrigued you know that you do a podcast even though there's millions of them out there for a few <laughs> um, for yeah but I I think, well, how do I answer this in a concise way? And I think, uh, I think for us, it's, uh, ancient history and biblical prophecy. And, uh, and Rick, you said earlier about making connections. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, so like the, the tagline that I put in our description is, uh, uncovering the past, uh, connecting the present. So there's that word again, and then discerning the future. Cause it's about what's coming.
4: Hmm.
0: Wow. I love
1: that. That's, that's very, uh, I always struggle to introduce my show. I'm always like, uh, 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 well, you know, (laughs) everything that gets you banned, you know, first of all, and, uh, probably called you crazy and, um, FBI warrant check thing, all those things. But no, I, I feel like I'm learning from you guys how to present to this new generation Cause it's like everybody's talking about this stuff that used to be conspiratorial. And um, mm. is it my turn or, Rod, did you – are you
2: going to go Not last? Or? Yeah, I'll go last. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Okay, I just wanted to answer what you all have been saying. But just to double check for everybody, we've got um, Luke and Pete from the Days of Noah podcast. And we have the That's So Fringy podcast with Rick Copeland. And um, and I'm Michael Basham with Spirit Wars and Spirit Force Fringe Radio Network, and a host of other shows, Strange O'Clock podcast, and I love collaborating with other people. Omega Man Radio, and just it's been I've just been a listener. I'm just like a major nerd to listen to podcasts since 2004, and mm-hmm. traveling the world, and then um, I had enough crazy things happen that it was like we need to do a show about the cult that I was in or about aliens or book of Enoch and then people were like no you need to do it and then finally Johnny McMahon (laughs) um, handed me the French radio network and he's like look let's do this and then I got all these people mad because I had all these crazy people that I brought on my show so the first like 30 episodes are really really edgy and like uh, like even I wouldn't agree (laughs) with a lot of it but like LA Marzulli left and all these people got mad and left and and I'm like I'm sorry but Johnny stood up for me and he's like Michael stays on the network you know So I've never experienced that level of camaraderie and love. And um, and, you know, years later, after like lawsuits and trauma and traveling the world and getting married in Hawaii and having two beautiful kids and whatever, all this crazy stuff happened and now getting involved in local politics, which I've never expected to do, kind of seeing like a front row seat of like a small town in America getting taken over by communists. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. what we've been dealing Mm -hmm. with here. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm just now I'm like I'm so busy that I'm just so thankful to see you guys take take this like okay here here's your father's lightsaber take this go fight Delta. I'm getting too old for this kind of thing you know Um, <laughs> I do my show in the car sometimes I'm just like I know there's the need to have a daily show but I don't have like the setup to even do this like regularly enough so I really appreciate you know, meeting you guys, and I'm definitely going to be listening to all y'all's shows. So, anyway, that was a little long, but um, um passing the torch over to to ride, whatever you want. To yeah,
2: and man, I just appreciate and enjoy each one of you guys here. Like Michael, what you do is phenomenal. Like the need for content for sound minds to be in the airways, because there's a million messages and a million signals going out, causing a lot of confusion and chaos. So when we have a sound mind who is not afraid to say, listen, I'm going to take my thoughts captive into the obedience of Christ. I'm going to go the places where I don't care if you support me because I'm going here or not. I'm going to read the depths of the scripture. I'm going to ask the tough questions. I'm going to stand up and be unashamed about what I believe. And I'm going to represent the people that have been neglected and misled. So I appreciate each one of you because each one of you do that on your shows. Now, what I was saying off air before we went live is like we all kind of dovetail each other, but each show has this unique kind of really cool niche perspective. But then the wires get crossed and you can see, oh, my gosh, everything Rick was just working on these last three episodes literally bolts and connects to Pete's episode he just dropped. And I just did a big overview episode with it. And like you can start to see, wow, all this connects together. This is like this is what's going on in our day and age that. The Spirit of God is allowing people to get equipped with wisdom and understanding because we have been uh, neglected by the building. And why we're here today is to talk about the tough things that we can't talk about at the church. And we want you guys as the listeners to understand this. You guys hear me. You have a place here with us to ask the weird questions. You have a place here with us to dive into the strange whatever you want to deal with. If the if your pastor won't answer it, or that you get dropped by the wayside or neglected, you're not going to get treated that way with me. And I know that these other guys here are genuine, and they're willing to wrestle through and lock arms through the weirdest questions to even just the basic questions. Like, how do I take captive my thoughts, Rod? Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a genuine question. Most of these pastors just want to stand up. They want to preach. They want you to put money in the hat and show up next week and be a good little boy in between. Right. But that's not how we rock over here. We are soldiers of the most high God. Um, We we serve the greatest God. He's greater than we can wrap our heads around. And I don't mean to be long winded, but just kind of laying a bit of a foundation here. Um, Yeah. And what I do is give people a place to talk about that. And I've covered a diversity of different topics from anecdotal stuff to having doctors on and everybody in between. It's just a really broad spectrum, right. Of, of information. It's just a library that grows of just like, you have a place here. We get weird. We talk about it all. And so this is kind of like coming up to a head, you know, for the mustard seed to be, uh, I'm humbled to be hanging out with you guys and have this opportunity because it's like everything that I've been driving and pushing for and, and planting and watering all of these years and now just to see god say hey i'm going to give you guys some growth i'm going to get you connected with like-minded people and for you listeners out there um we we have an interesting episode for you guys and thank you for being here so michael back to you no don't don't hand me back to mike you know what's <laughs> gonna happen i mean i
1: just drank three coffees I've been like dreaming about this moment and uh, yes. I need to not talk so much, but
2: oh, geez. um,
1: we're going to do some, we're going to do some collaborations, Rod. Amen to everything you said. And we're going to try to bring this. Cause I think for the new like listeners, podcasters and new by like, I mean like two years, you need to know that you're a part of something that's gone back decades, this fringe Christian movement going back to early days of Michael Heiser coming on, Coast to coast, and then Derek Gilbert. You know when he was doing his shows with the camcorder. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and um, it's important that you know this is like it's. It really is like Star Wars and the lo- the lightsaber. And like some people have turned to the dark side of the force. You know, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, here's your lightsaber. You know, your father wanted you to have this. It's like, it's a more elegant weapon from the earlier days of podcasting. You know, before <laughs> the days of of uh, Hebrew roots and you know, it was like this, but then we're, we remember like, oh so-and-so became a heretic and so-and-so died. A lot of people have died. You know, it's mm-hmm. been a war. So yeah, I, I just, really I'm going to shut up and I want to know more about your guys' shows, but, and also these at the core is like those questions your church won't address. Like, do you guys go to church and ever meet like uh, anybody that's ever even heard of Michael Heiser's material or anything Book of Enoch, like I've noticed, there are churches that we're finally breaking through into that. Like it's
3: oh, yeah. pretty cool. I've had people from my church uh, that have found our podcast. You know, because we're kind of a small town. We live over in Oregon, and we're kind of a small town, and so we're we're really broadcasting around the world, but but we're also like normal people just walking down the street and doing our thing, you know, and 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 living our life. And then when you have somebody come up to you and be like, oh hey, I was listening to this episode and I couldn't even believe that that was you. That was crazy. And then there's this other person that was like, oh, we've had this big, this big uh following of of go all of these other podcasts. And then we realized that you guys were doing a podcast and and then you start having these conversations in your church talking about All all of the things that we're not allowed to talk about, like specifically, like what's going on in the world right now when it comes to adoption and abortion and all of those different things and how, you know, they're not allowing Christians to adopt kids because they think that you're not inclusive enough. And so there's actually people that are contacting us and being like, hey, I I think that the, that there is this agenda because I literally just filled out my adoption papers. We had to take this test. We had to talk and they had to come and look at things and they were urging us not to actually go through with writing down our Christian beliefs because they were afraid that we weren't going to be able to adopt. And I'm just like, who are these people getting to talk to? Like it, You know, are they, does the pastor have time to counsel these people? Are they, are they able to share this information? Has, does anybody else have this same experience? You know, and so bringing all these people together on the internet is a way that we can really become the church, I believe, the way that Jesus, you know, in expected it to become eventually, right? Because it was a mustard seed he planted when he was here. And and it's had to grow over time. And it's taken a long time to get to where it is now. But we're noticing as Michael's talking about handing off the baton, or the lightsaber, as he so eloquent, eloquently put, um, being able to do that, and to hand over that is Is a way to continue to further the kingdom. It's the same thing as as Paul writing his letters. It's the same thing as all of these guys. And I'm not saying that Michael is Paul, but this is what we've been doing throughout the whole history of the church is passing down information and and making sure that it meets God's expectations, right? That that the message is getting put out correctly and that people are getting to hear all of the things that they need to hear. And if they're too afraid to ask. Well then they're not hearing anything.
0: Yeah, I yeah, think it's uh the same
1: question everywhere. Go ahead. Really good points, Rick. So go ahead, uh Pete. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I was just going to say I think like you know, was it the uh you know, the enlightenment, 1800s, age of reason and and Darwinian was coming on and I think at some point Christianity kind of backed away from some of the more uh harder to discuss discuss things in the Bible, the more supernatural things, the more fringy things, right? And, uh, and just kind of stuck with the nuts and bolts, easy to preach. Um, They didn't want to make themselves look too crazy. And we're paying the price for that now because, Mm. um, and, and, but again, to flip that on its head, shows like ours, I hope are trying to talk about these experiences that people have and give a biblical context for it. So now we can have a better answer for Noah's flood. We can have a better answer for the holy wars of Joshua, you know, the Haram wiping out every man, woman, and child. I don't think we had a good answer for those things before this. You know, we would just say, oh, well, God's sovereign and, you know, everyone's sinful. And so it's only is by his grace that we're saved. And that's true. But if you have a better answer for that, that, okay, there was defilement of the human genome, there was genetic manipulation, there was trying to prevent Genesis 3 prophecy of the Messiah, the seed of the woman. That was Satan's plan, and uh, Ryan Peterson, in his book, Judgment of the Nephilim, lays that out pretty well in the Old Testament. Now we have a better answer for the atheist that says, um, your God's a genocidal maniac. Oh, no. God was preserving humanity and the Messiah, the Savior of humanity, by doing these drastic things because there were drastic times going on, the, the the violence, the bloodshed, the perversion of the golden age was going on. So I think now we can talk about those things in the biblical context today. Like Mike Heiser, we keep bringing up bridging the gap to the secular UFO community and finding those guys are more interested in these topics than the people he sits next to in a church service. Um, and to me, it, it makes Christianity a lot more, I don't know how you can't be excited to be a believer and partner in this mission when you see how it connects to history and what's coming, because, and I've said this, Luke and I have said this many times on the show, it's like all Hollywood's ideas, you know, the whole Marvel series, they're great. They're good stories. They're exciting. All that stuff, the superheroes, all this stuff, that's based on things from the past that was real. And it pales in comparison to the real story that God has allowed to play out and that he's going to bring to completion. So I think it's exciting.
3: Amen. That's awesome. Well, should we get into some of these questions? I know some some people have sent in questions. um, And we've got a bunch of them to get into today. Does anybody have a question they want to throw out?
2: Yeah, I think um, this this is a really elaborate and interesting and cool question. And it kind of lays out the whole premises of why we're even doing this. So it's multi layered, but I'm going to read it here real quick. Um, So the question that came in from a listener was, who said that the way we have church now is the way that it is supposed to be done. What is church really? And where does it say in the Bible, how church should be, uh, how church should be done and who came up with the way things are now, like the three songs, then announcements, then taking tithes and offerings, and then one man preaching and we all leave. So it's multi-layered. It kind of exactly. in in juxtaposes the whole overview of why we're doing this. And it's like, actually, you guys, we cannot find in the Bible examples of what we see on the quote unquote church playing field today. We can't actually see that. There is no one man who stands up in front of everybody. A pastor is not supposed to be taking on all the fivefold ministry and the diverse roles. He's not supposed to be doing that. A pastor is supposed to be feeding the sheep, nurturing, right? Encouraging and being responsible for, for the people that are with him, right? You have shepherds that are keeping away wolves; their outward perimeters, right? You have prophets who are literally hearing from the the God of all creation, and then they're relaying that information because God does nothing without whispering first to the prophets. And it's like when we just start to rattle off a couple verses about what the Bible says brothers dwelling together in unity looks like, or a ecclesia, a governing ruling body, it doesn't look anything like what we see being done out there in the world today. And I don't say that to try to like disrespect these people, but it is what it is. It comes to the point where you got to draw a line in the sand and you got to say, is this biblical? Can I actually, you guys say you represent the Bible, right? I come here to get the word of God from you guys. And there's supposed to be all this, this, these resources, but the Bible that you say you represent does it? Are you doing things in accordance with what is written there? And I think that that's needs to be talked about. I don't really see bold people coming up. That's not something that is going to be favored. Most people are not going to like that. You're not going to get super popular for that. But men who the masculinity that's coming back into the church, the men are shaking their head going, yeah, you're right. Because the women have really held it down for a long time. Let's be honest here, guys, the women have really held it down. Most people, uh, I hear story after story after story. My grandmom was praying for me. Where was your dad? Oh, he was in jail. But my grandmom was praying for me. She said Jesus was real, right? And planted those seeds throughout this person's life who now just got baptized and is turning a local city up on his head because he's a young man is out there preaching the gospel, right? So now the right. masculinity is coming back into the church and we got questions. And we're looking at the model of how things are set up and we're going, well, that's not that's not actually what I've been reading in my prayer closet. And having a show like what I do, you, how big is your God is what people got to ask themselves before they mess with me. Because it's like, if, if you want to put God in a box, right, how mm-hmm. big is your Jesus? Well, if he's only this big, because you can't talk about aliens and Jesus in the same sentence, well, and you've made him that big. Because if you know who Dr. Michael Heiser is, you'll see the correlations and the word studies and everything is there for us to understand. Wow. God is bigger than we can imagine. It is for most of you out there, you you could feel comfortable saying the God we wish to worship. And I put myself in that category, too, because the, the revelation is continual. He is unfolding. And I believe he is greater and more powerful than we could ever imagine. So with that question and my little rant there, I mean, you guys just start picking that apart. I mean, just let's build onto to that question. And then we'll get into some other questions here as well. But why is why is it the way it is today?
1: We've become a kind of spoiled nation that like doesn't have a lot of challenge except just to cover our rent and our bills. And, you know, in Taiwan, I used to go to these like Buddha churches, just got invited to one and I went and it was like, this feels just like church in America, like a mega church, like just community people come together. They're even talking about miracles and ghosts and crazy cool things. Like I could understand enough of the Chinese to kind of follow along and be like, Wow, this is like a really weird church in America. Or something. <laughs> but what's the difference here? Like, I mean, the church, the early church in the catacombs, you know, being persecuted. I'm we're seeing in Haywood County uh, repentance of a lot of these good old boys, good old Baptist church people, pastors. I don't even know what denominations coming and repenting on the streets and showing their faces in solidarity praying because you got lgbt pedo clown stuff happening in a small town in the mountains and it's like everybody's lost control and they were all like too busy with their phones or their jobs or whatever and they're like holy crap we're about to lose our town let's all get together and pray and that to me i think the the persecute and then there's internet witches cursing them like you gotta you gotta see these posts like this little town it's it's like stranger things it's like strange weird stuff so I think the persecution what we're hearing is going to help bring people back together and and then meanwhile us podcasters and people that have been online and like yeah we've been talking about this for years you know welcome to the club and but we need to get ready for a big influx not just of listeners but get ready to meet people physically that are going to be inviting you to come speak to come lead their Bible study to come be their their tech guy for the local um, people that run it's I'm seeing this like we've been like this starship fringe Christians like in the hovering in the internet, and then now we're like landing, and it's gonna be awesome. you we're like coming in, they're like we come in peace. They're like, who are you? Are you with the bad guys? No, I don't have time to explain. Come with me. I'll explain on the way. <laughs> That's yeah. kind of how it feels. So yeah, um, and what do you guys? Around, think? Like, I
3: mean, what does church look like? Yeah. I I think that church for me has always been a big issue because. I, you know, when I was young, I went to a a Baptist and this isn't a knock on Baptist church, but I went to a Baptist church. That's just the reality of it. And it was uh, garbage for a kid. I mean, I was just like, this is garbage. I don't want to do this. And my mom was like having to force me to behave and to sit still. And, And I'm a i'm a boy you know all i want to do is run around and kick doors open and you know do all (laughs) kinds of crazy things climb everything i'm trying to i'm trying to jump from pew to pew i'm not trying to listen to the pastor you know and the thing is is we as as men if if we're as going back to what rod was saying if we're to come into the church and say this is this is what we need to do is take this thing back over from the women. I thought that was such a great point. We need to take this back over from the women and stop arguing about the flowers and the color of the carpet and, and the decorations in the foyer and all of these different things. Do we have coffee or do we not have coffee? It doesn't really matter. Like, do you have Jesus? This is the question that we should be asking. And so when we, when we talk about, you know the men standing up we have to start asking why how did we get here and what has allowed us to do this and there's a really good book by Frank Viola i don't know if you guys know frank viola he's kind right of right on man he's oh, yeah. kind of the uh uh he talks about home church and 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 how we're supposed to be living uh, our, our Christian lives each and every day in community, but he wrote a book called Pagan Christianity, and I'm going to plug that one every day for the rest of my life on this topic because it's it's a really quick way for somebody to be able to read all or listen on Audible or whatever all the information that you're looking for on this topic. It's such a huge question that for us to really break it down in the amount of time that we're going to. I mean, we could do it over episodes, but It's really good. If you want to know the answer to that question today, you could pick up that book and and, uh, check it out. But he basically goes through all of the reasons that we have everything that we have. I mean, he talks about Christmas. He talks about... Um, how, you know, the pastor's standing up there and the congregation is listening and why, and how we got that public oration, how it's one guy standing up and talking, how that comes from way back in the Greeks. Uh, and that's how they used to do things to stand and orate. And so we, we have to educate ourselves so that we can lead the church because when we know that, that it was all paganism that brought us into the way that we are walking through our churches now, then we have to, you know, put aside paganism. We have to, at at what point do we say, this is paganism. It's been proven. So let's stop doing it.
0: Yeah. Luke, you were going to say something uh, a moment ago. Do you recall? Go ahead. All right. Um, I think you're muted. Are you muted? Double check.
4: Yeah. I'm, I made myself when I'm not talking That's uh, fine. Rick, to your point. Um, I think you, you brought up some good things. Like, I think a church should definitely be asking the questions. Um, what is tradition? What is paganism that is, you know, it's came into the, to the building as far as how, how churches, uh, are running or, uh, operating. Um, obviously apostle Paul was a leader. You know over many churches, so he, I'm sure he did stand in front of the the group of believers and bring a message um I know they appointed deacons and uh other people to to lead uh everybody there but uh i think I think it'd be good for all of us just to be humble um and to let the Lord and the Holy Spirit redirect our steps because I think you're right. Uh, church has been lost in tradition in, in a lot of ways. That's always how we did it. Um, Peter, we just had Tim Bentz on our show again, and he was giving a, a story about how there was this major issue that was happening in a church building. And when he brought this, this issue to the, to the church leaders, they dismissed him, even though he had evidence they totally dismissed him, but when he brought it to an right. atheist or someone that didn't have a relationship with Christ quite yet, that person's like, "I don't want to offend God." So <laughs> this might be a, another question that we could okay. dive into: is why is why is unbelievers more willing to embrace the truth than? I, I mean, it happened during Jesus' day, right? It wow. was the. It was the religious leaders of that day that didn't accept him, but it was the people on the street that wasn't really digging what was going on in the traditional sense in Israel that embraced Christ.
0: Yeah. That's the danger of, of entrenchment, right. Of entrenched institutions, whether it's the Pharisees and Jesus day or the Sadducees or the, the leaders, right. Um, you know, I remember a, a, a pastor of mine, I respect him to this day, but uh from a couple decades ago, and I remember him talking about how it's a good thing that we have these hierarchies of denominations and so on, and and that helps keep out heresy and 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 error. Um but I really think that's kind of backwards. I think it entrenches it and it makes it slow to change, you know, just like um I think it was the American Heart Association, you know, 1950s, they're recommending trans fats like institutions when they become entrenched are, are very slow to change. And, yeah, I have to echo and agree wholeheartedly. We could do hours on this about Frank Viola's book, Pagan Christianity, and then how he talks about organic church and what does that look like? Um For me, real briefly, it was Francis Chan's book, Letters to the Church, that kind of opened that door, pagan Christianity as well. And then more recently, Tim Kurtz um, wrote a book on the meaning of the word church and how King James, the version of the Bible that a lot of us hold pretty dear, and it is a good version that King James believed in the divine right of Kings and he didn't want any competition. And so he deliberately told his translators to mistranslate the word Ecclesia and translate it as church, which is a building, a place because, Whoa. and, and, and there were certain areas where he actually didn't do that on purpose, where it made the Ecclesia look bad. So that those ones he left in, um, but he didn't want any now, challenge to Peyton, that. Are
1: you, are you are you daring to challenge my my King James <laughs> my KJV? Bible? Hey,
0: it's a great <laughs> you know, translation, it's but try it's my not King
1: James Bible from my cold dead fingers.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, we got to look at a lot of translations, but I I just echo that, and um, I think it's geez. you know to to go back to the original question: How do we do church, and why? Uh, we have a great window. Paul wrote Corinthians, and in eleven chapters, eleven through fourteen, he peels back the curtain because there were problems that he had to address. And so we get a window into how they met. Um, so that's a great place to start. And of course, Acts. But yeah, um, you know, we've, as a family, we've been meeting in a home with a handful of other people now for about eight months. Uh, it was, it was a process. It was maybe six, seven, eight years ago that I first came, came across this material. My wife was not ready. I put it on the shelf in my mind. Then um, our church had just paid off the mortgage, and we thought, wow, you know, a couple thousand a month maybe in 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 cash flow. What are you guys going to do for evangelism to reach out to the community? The answer we got back was, well, two Sundays a year, the community comes to us, Easter, Christmas. Wow. So that's how we're going
2: to reach out. So that's that's ridiculous. Easter is yeah. not, and I just went through this word study recently. Um, Easter is not actually in the Bible as what we know right. it as. Yeah, It's a whole different thing. So when we actually look at the word Easter, it comes from Pentecost. It's, it. We have That's the right. Hebrew word for it and the Greek word, and it has nothing to do with rabbits or eggs, which if we look into Estar, you know, the, these ancient yes. goddesses that are fertility. of fertility and producing many things. and There's that and mixture funny, right there. And, and, and it's just like, that's just a surface glance. But how many people in the actual building are willing to hear me out on that? Like, like, why do you guys want to flip the switch and call me crazy or cut me off if I even start opening my mouth in that direction? Because I believe the fear of the Lord is about to come back into the real church, the real ecclesia. And you guys, that sometimes this is a battle for your soul. You know, what I mean, sometimes this is a battle so that you guys, you're not veiled to the point where you're just the blind leading the blind, you both fall in a ditch. What does the word say? The word is never going to fade away. And, man, I just love what all of you guys are saying right now, because really, it's feeding into the reality, you know, we have to come to uh, understand that all the systems that are set up, right? If this enemy is really real, right? If there really is an accuser of the brethren's, which is not an individual, it is literally a type of entity that exists that accuses us. So there's not one of them, which is a surprise for many people in the church. And if we come to the reality that the whole system history, as we have been taught that, you know, the, the poisons in our foods, society, the flashing lights, everything grabbing our attention, everything that's sucking us in to keep us distracted from who we are, who we're called to be, who gave his life for us, that means we have value if Christ did what he said he did, which I believe he did. And he rose again, according to scriptures on the third day, that means we have some significant value. And it cannot be understated or underplayed. We could spend the next three days just talking about the glory of God, and how he conceals the matter and the duty of the princes and the kings to seek it out. And it still wouldn't be enough. But for the sake of the flow of the conversation, I'll move on to the point if we really understood who God thinks that we are knows that we are made us to be sees that we are sees our final product final status um we we would not be uh so easily we we wouldn't be sequacious well let's just go with the flow whatever the local pastor says no actually you know what the ecclesia you guys the governing body the holy spirit promotes people and puts people in according to the anointing it has nothing to do with your seminary It has nothing to do with how much head knowledge you have. It has, has to do with, have you stored the word in your heart? Can you make sense of what the word says? Right. And so the spirit of God is about to do what the spirit of God does, the measure and the fullness, the grace for the falsified operating systems that are being exposed. We're exposing the SRA stuff. We're exposing the DID stuff. Michael Basham, me and you have talked about level one and level two, um, false reality overlays, right? Like we're all subject to these demonic systems through frequency, through imagery, through the culture, through the food. It's all like these mild poisonings because they're terrified of us at the end of the day. They're terrified of us coming together and getting what's happening and knowing who we are and who we belong to. So they have to kind of like inch their way in and try to poison us a little bit and try to choke us out a little bit just to hinder us from actually firing on all cylinders. And this is what pisses me off about the enemy. It's like we're seeing his position. We know where he is. And what is, what does the archangel Michael say? He said, look, the Lord rebuke you. That means if we're right with the Lord, we can look at this enemy and be like, yo, listen, the Lord rebuke you. This is the way things are going to happen here. You have no claim against me because he who is covered by the blood is truly covered. And we know the truth. We're going to be set free from all of these false systems. So um, let me just drop this, this other question here. And you guys just start throwing questions out that you personally have, or you've gotten from a listener, whether it's an email, you got a text message from a friend, however they came in. But I had a, a message come in that says, um, what about all the supernatural stuff? Why are the Nephilim and wild beasts talked about? And why is the word wild beast come up differently? Like if you actually do your your study, when we see wild beast or beast in Revelation, or just all throughout the Bible, we don't have, uh, it doesn't just mean a cow. Like there's actually like if you go read in the concordance, you'll be able to tell exactly what that word means. So in the English, we streamline through it. So what this person really was saying is, <laughs> where's the line drawn between these beasts? Does that have to do with cryptids, chimeras, strange things of that? I think we start getting into that realm a little bit. And uh, the book of Enoch, first Enoch is welcome for a good conversation, in my opinion, also. So <laughs> passing it on. To Can you repeat
0: else. that, Rod? Because the, the, there was a series of questions there. Can you repeat those again?
2: Yeah. So he is asking, um, what does the Bible say about the supernatural stuff, the Nephilim or the wild beast? How come when a wild beast is mentioned in the English, we just think it's cattle, but it, but the actual root words mean something specific, which would give a whole new context to the verses where we find beast in the Bible. This is There's just speculation, but
0: could could that be something, something to do with shape-shifting? Because, uh, Ooh, let's go. I'm trying to remember, all right. guys.
1: That's it. Here we go.
0: <laughs> Time to get weird. Roll them up. I'm trying <laughs> to remember. We're going all the which, way in. Which <laughs> guest it was <laughs> um, right on Blurry Creatures. It might have been Doug Van Dorn. I don't recall. It might have been Gary Wayne. Oh, But they were talking about Saul being told to kill even all the animals and he disobeyed. And and the guests on blurry creatures said that uh there was there's some evidence that that there that this particular group was known to be shapeshifters and they could have disguised themselves as animals and so Saul could have unknowingly been bringing these things into his kingdom and god was protecting him yeah protecting him and Saul was disobedient and that's why Saul got passed over and it went to David but
2: I don't know. Maybe that has something to do with the wild beasts. That's just speculation though. I don't know. Michael, real quick. I want to say this, like in my wife's culture, my wife's from Southeastern Asia, right? She's been here since she was like 19 years old. And a lot of the times when we go to like a local church, there's things that like we would, we'll talk about at home in privacy where she'll tell me things, you know, and, but she would never bring it up there. And I'm going break down that wall, please. Someone give my Mm -hmm. wife the microphone and let her talk about, the chimeras and the things that they literally, they know exist. Like they have went to war with these things. Like on the intro of my show where LA Marzulli is in the, the show's intro, which by the way, yeah. all those vocals are people I've interviewed over the years I on the know. podcast. I love He's saying <laughs> God gave me that one. Cause I was listening and I had all these snippets on the back burner, but anyway, that's another story for another time. And LA talks about these 12 footers coming, walking down the path. And the young Braves, the young men are up in the tree with a spear and then they drop down, they, they have to literally launch down with the spear to kill them. That's a story his first time on, I think it was season one of the podcast talking about in the Philippines, the young Braves going to war because there's seven thousand five hundred twenty eight islands there. A lot of them, there's no technology, it's uninhibited. And there is more than just rumors of giants and cryptids and creatures that come out of that region like they live and die by that stuff. And they're not entertained by like Netflix, like we are over here. And I just think that, Michael, I want you to kind of comment on that a little bit, because we do get a lot of listeners from out of the country, like we get a lot of people from the Philippines that listen in and, and Germany and all over the place. But for those people that are not under the American mimicked illusion that comes out of Hollywood, right, and all this stuff, um, how would you kind of like comfort them to be like, listen, if you guys are engaging with American church or you're engaging with missionaries, quote unquote, missionaries are coming through. Um, right. Here's the confidence to be like, yeah, you know what? The little people are real and we've been going to battle with them. Cause I feel like all the foreigners were zip their lips shut when there's an American missionary and they just, you know, whatever, they come through and they tell them all this stuff, but like, we need to be able to bind the strong man and pray against that stuff. So what, exactly. what does your brain do with that, Michael? Cause you spent so much time over there. You're like, really like half Asian at heart, you know.
1: Well, yeah, Gerilyn is is literally the only Asian I've I talked to now. It's weird being in white America again. Like I'm not used to being I'm like I always say it's like, is this even legal to have this many white people living somewhere these days? Like I thought America was all (laughs) like against white people and I live in Haywood County in North Carolina and it's just like It's definitely not (laughs)
0: politically correct to be that white anymore. They're everywhere.
1: Yeah. Um, (laughs) there's a lot of things out there. I mean, your wife, I'm sure has so many stories too, and just the traditions. And I mean, it's not like you're seeing it every day, but over the years, you know, you see stuff and you hear stuff and you, you engage with things. And I'm a big believer in, in just the spiritual dimension is so real around us all the time and that we need to be more conscious of it. And not to sound all new agey and like, you know, protect your energy, dude. Like, here, take some of this. This will really help you, like, clear your mind. Like, see things, man. Like, dude. No, I don't do drugs. Say no to drug. Um. However, to by faith engage in spiritual warfare, just a little about me since, you know, your audiences might not know. My family worked directly with Derek Prince, actually runs Derek Prince Ministries right now. And my grandfather wrote all these books about deliverance and um, just demon battles and spiritual warfare. And so this was, I mean, I'm no like guru guy, like I'm kind of spoiled into this, like kind of grew up John Connor, you know, you're gonna, your family, you know, you're gonna, you guys are gonna do it in the future kind of thing. Like just, this is all just in my blood and my family. So then to go to Japan and go to Nepal and go to Taiwan and all these countries and then to join, I joined a cult for a little while. I'm still in touch with a lot of ex-members that, you know, they've calmed down their fringe beliefs. And I'm like, hey, we could really use some fringe beliefs these days. Like, any of you guys still got any fight left in you? Um, it was heavily biblical-centric and total on, like, everything fringe Christian. Like, memorize the Bible. In fact, they were the ones that led me to know Alex Jones Infowars and fringe Christian material. L.A. Marzulli. Just individuals from that group, the Children of God. But, man, we would see things so often. I knew so many people. So it was like, oh, yeah, um, in India, we we saw those blue elephant weird things. Like, it came into one of the kids' rooms late at night. I ran in the bedroom, and there's this big glowing blue demonic entity with an elephant nose. And, boy, we started praying against that thing in the name of Jesus, and it left. But I'm telling you, those things are real. And I'm like, what? Really? You know, stories about chimeras, weird, like, train stories about people seeing like the indian army has monkey human hybrids these are not podcasts mind you these are like direct testimonials stuff with ghosts you know i would see ghosts sometimes you would just you can feel it when you go to like an asian country it's like a soup of just wow yeah there's a lot of asian there's a lot of idol worshiping going on around here and you guys don't even have to go to the Asia anymore because it's in, it's coming here. Third world's coming here, baby. I found an ashram the other day. And I'm getting off topic really quick. But I, I was doing a clean. We do like property managing and just whatever we can do to to pay the bills. And then I passionately will stay behind the microphone. I was at a clean and I got this. I was so tired. I got this vision of an Indian like a almost like an angelic. It was very heavenly. You get this blissful, peaceful feeling when the Holy Spirit's talking to you, even if it's t- something totally crazy. And it was this Indian voice that started to kind of cheer me on. And I thought I was going crazy and I was trying to talk like this a little bit feeling like Indian. I do what is wrong with me. And I'm literally just like, God, please help me get this done. I'm so tired. And then and it, it passed and got, everything worked out, job done. Go outside. There's all these Indian people driving down the mountain. And I'm like, what the heck? Where are you guys coming from? So I drove up the mountain and there's a big old ashram, like an Indian temple. Legit. Like they imported stuff from India just down the street. Hundreds, if not thousands of Indians. I was the only white guy like I'm used to. And I'm there with my camera just like, hi. I'm seeing like 12 foot tall demon statues. American dollar bills being sacrificed to idols. Like weird creepy stuff they're like worshipping idols down the street so I mean this stuff and you can feel that weird soupy like whoa and I'm just like oh man I want to take pictures like snakes like DNA kind of gods and idols With I mean giants like demonic evil giant statues that they imported from India I mean this is the real thing and I mean my heart is to win souls so I mean we should be missionaries at heart and just Focus on winning souls. But I'm like, oh, yeah, challenge accepted. You guys got demons? Well, God, this is your turn. Do something. Do that whole, you know, that God thing. Let's see you do that. Like burn the wet logs and the prophets of Baal. And that's where I get so excited. And the only criticism I have to fringe Christian stuff is that people tend to focus on, you know, Timothy Alberino, And, all right, here's what you need to know about the face peelers and, like, so I was down there with my night vision goggles and he's like going on and on and like, <laughs> where's the where's the moment of God showed up? You know, that's what I yeah. that's where I'm focused. So I hope that answers
0: your question. Can, can I share a brief anecdote? And then Rick or whoever wants to jump in there. Um, just posting tomorrow. And, and it's in it's in the teaser trailer because uh, I had we had uh, Jesse's a voter on the show a while back. So it's finally posting. Oh, and cool. she talks about. Four and a half years old, being put in a pentagram on the floor. They're doing a ritual. They're calling up Ashtaroth, this high-level demonic ent- entity, ancient entity. Dang. And she, all she could do at four and a half was sing the B-I-B-L-E song. Oh, and this demon goddess had to go back in the floor and couldn't do anything. That's the god we serve. Hallelujah. Yes and that, that's why it's good so people's important.
1: brother this is very
2: good <laughs> very good stuff. tell it's me so more important. Once more time tell me again
3: <laughs> yeah <laughs> when we when we get into these type of topics and we're trying to figure out you know what what are all these cryptids what what's up with ufo's what's up with this what's up with that we, but nobody's talking about it because of the fear and that's the thing that that i think People need to realize is you're holding yourself back from learning the full truth that God wants to reveal to you because you don't think it aligns to your worldview, your personal worldview that you got. And what I want to say is is there's a lot of people that they don't realize that you grew up in a certain time, in a certain era in a certain place in the world, on a certain, you know, block in a certain neighborhood in your perspective of the entire, whatever we want to call it, cosmos, realm, dimension, whatever we're in, how do you think that you're ever going to fully understand all of the truth? If you don't pull yourself outside of that paradigm of, Well, this is just how it is at my house, you know, because I grew up this way, or this is how, this is how we do it at my church. Or maybe you're from a big city and you go to big city church, mega church, and you guys all, you know, wear skinny jeans and you're stopping to get your coffee and you've got scarves on and all that stuff. That's awesome. Okay. But. There's also small town churches where these people are like four or five people getting together. I mean, like Pete was saying, they're just getting together in their house and they're talking about God and that's it. And they're letting Jesus be the head of that meeting instead of, you know, some guy up there telling us all what we need to understand about the Bible in in his way, with his translations, with all of his knowledge and his life circumstances. Before we came on the podcast, me and Rod were just rapping back and forth. And I and I said, It's so crazy that when you're when you're reading the Bible, it actually says that you shouldn't take your teaching from man. Like we're not, we're not taking our teaching from man. We're taking our teaching from the Holy Spirit. That's what Jesus says. Jesus says, I'm giving you a comforter. I'm giving you the spirit, this, this teacher. And and you're not supposed to be learning from man. Paul even says what what gospel do you think that i ha- that i'm giving you do you think that this is from my own accord this isn't my gospel this isn't i i got this from the spirit of god you know and that's such a huge point that he's making because we're all running around like and i mean we've dropped some names obviously like mike heiser and all these guys that we that we've but those guys are the front runners right they're just the john the baptists in the in the wilderness, you know, just, just pointing everybody to Jesus, pointing everybody to their Bible so that they can actually get into it and read it in in its original context. And so going back to what I was saying at the beginning, and I'll wrap with this is you, you have to get outside of your own bubble that you live in. And you have to realize that the Bible wasn't written for you. Mm -hmm. It wasn't. It was written to a whole nother group of people at a whole nother group of time. And those people thought that it was such an important life altering event that happened. And they thought that this God of the universe was telling us something so incredible that they decided to keep telling other people and writing it down and telling other people and writing it down. And it got to the point where the oral history, and I mean, we even found Dead Sea Scrolls and stuff like that, right? And so this tradition of people passing on this baton is, is what we're trying to do here. We're trying to continue to push. And if we can't get outside of our own comfort zones and our own spaces, our own bubbles, we're going to have a hard time opening up to what God has for us because it's way bigger
2: than you can even imagine. Yeah. And just, just to build on what you guys are saying, like I'm going to share a snippet of something that actually happened this year. That's super interesting. I mean, there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes, but it's January of 23 and I get a phone call from Dan Duvall and I'm like, yo, what's going on? We're rapping back and forth for like 40 minutes. Like we're going And he's like, well, I'm getting ready to leave the country. I'm going to Africa for a little bit. But uh, I had something really important to tell you. And that's why I wanted to call. And I go, well, what's going on? He says, this year is going to be one of the most interesting years for you. Um, Some stuff is coming down the pipeline. And you're in boot camp, kid. Like, get ready for what's coming out of this season. And I'm like, tell me more. He's like. Nope. Sorry. Got to go. I'll be in Africa for 10 weeks and hangs up. And I'm like, what the heck? Right. So I'm like waiting around. I'm like, what is going on? Three days later, I get a phone call from if anybody out there listening uh, knows of Marcus Rogers ministries, firehouse in Chicago, which he's, he's a big, you know, he makes music. I I highly support what Marcus does. Well, his brother Klaus calls me and says, bro, I'm coming to PA. And uh, God just gave me a dream There's revival coming out of Pennsylvania and in February, every single day, we're going to go through uh, this 28 days in February. We're going to go through the book of Acts. There's 28 chapters and we're back to the home church, back to just prayer, back to the way that the Bible says it. And we have seen stuff come out of this region this year. There's so much. There's not enough time in the day. For me to try to explain to you guys all these connections, all these people getting baptized left and right. I think there's over like 40 or 50 people that have been baptized just out of the affiliation of what's been going on. And this is just the beginning. See, the thing is, is the information we have gotten is this is just for the workers. This isn't the harvest yet. Like workers are getting prepared for the influx. Like Most people are like, oh, the harvest is here. It's like, no, no, no. Like, like we're fighting tooth and nail to like position ourselves as the laborers for when the flux comes in. (laughs) And so there's just so much that has happened behind the scenes. But just to see that was spirit, Dan calling, it's not like Dan gave me a layout and say, do this next and follow these steps. No, it was just the spirit of God tugging and leading saying, hey, kind of a, a bit of a prophetic voice, hey, get prepared. Another person who's not affiliated with Dan, they don't know each other, they don't talk, right? And you can just see how God is is moving in that way. And it goes right back to the fact that, okay, second Corinthians gives us a list of the gifts. All right. Some of you are pastors, some are prophets, some are shepherds, some have the gift of servitude, right? We see all these different gifts laid out for the diversity of this one spirit, one truth, one baptism, but the comforter, our teacher Christ has sent with us. So I want to encourage somebody out there listening right now. If you're getting that gut tug, you're feeling a tug, in your gut, God is calling you to whatever, forgive somebody to repent, to go deeper, you know, to go up the mountainside by yourself. Yeah, go take that four or five mile walk, and go sit up there, whoever that person is, who's listening, and you need to um, get real with God. And you need to say, I'm repenting of these things that I've went through. And if, if the spirit pricks you and says to say it out loud, hey, I'm repenting of lust, or whatever that may be. Follow that. The reward is greater than we even have time to try to explain. And with everything that's going on right now, I would not be playing around with salvation, you guys. Um, You are are welcome to to come and ask these questions and be a part of what God is doing, because this is not one man. There's not a man fronting this whole thing. There's not one ministry. There's not one guy who's standing up. This is a body. We're dwelling together in unity and in agreement, and we're praising the name that is above every name. And we're sharing weird stories. Yeah, Gary Wayne, the same time all this is happening with Dan Duvall and Klaus and all these different ministries that are reaching out and all the stuff's going on, I drop an episode with Gary Wayne called Cynosophali, Dogman, Werewolves, and Lichens. Yeah, and we go through a, a crazy word and root study about where all of these beast-style creatures are right there biblically. Like the case that's argued from the root study, like you would just have to have your ears plugged. Nah, nah, nah. You can't tell me nothing if, if you can't listen to that and be like, oh, I can never see my Bible the same now. So it was like, all of this is happening side by side. It's not just fringe. It's not just it. It's all a part of God's plan. It is fringe. We're winning souls. We're growing in ministry. We're being led by the spirit of the living God. And this is closer We're not, I don't think we've arrived there yet, gentlemen, but we are getting closer to what the Bible states the church should look like. The Ecclesia should look like. So I'll passing it on now to someone else.
1: Woo! Amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. I'm just going to interject some hallelujahs until somebody else talks. (laughs) That's probably the best way to go about it. Are we talking about, are we going to be church or are we not? Are we going
3: to just sit here? Are we going to be like
1: a little bit, uh, a little bit more charismatic, guys. Hallie. Hallie.
3: Yeah, we got somebody's got their hands
0: raised. Somebody's <laughs> got to be jumping around with some spirit flags or something. There was or one thing, Rod, uh, from our last uh, church, like traditional church that we went to, our small group asked because they were listening to Luke and I in our show in the in the first few months. And they weren't being critical or anything, but they just kind of asked, like, where is the gospel in it? And I had to keep reverting back to the late Michael Heiser going to these conferences and people there being interested in biblical things more. So I really think we have a platform when we talk about the weird and the fascinating. Yeah, it's fleshly. Yeah, it's soulish, you know, but that's part of how we're made. Like, you know, food tastes good. Good music sounds good to our ears. Right. So Yeah. Fascinating stories can pull you in and now you can go here, let me tell you the bigger story. Right. So. Good stuff, man.
3: Yeah. I think we have a lot of opportunity here to answer a lot of really cool questions and to, and to just drive this, uh, this conversation, you know, we know, we know that, it's it's a big responsibility, but people aren't talking about the Holy Spirit enough. You know, pe- people aren't talking about the works of the disciples. You know, everybody wants to talk about the works of Jesus, but are we talking about right. the works of the disciples? We've got all of these guys walking around the earth that have been given authority right through Jesus Christ and what he's done and they're they're just changing the world they're able to speak many different languages all of a sudden they're able to you know heal the sick they're able to do all kinds of things that nobody had seen happen before and and nowadays we're talking about like how well you know we can't do any of that stuff that was back then Jesus Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, but we can't, his message and what he was doing, that's in the past. And you're like, well, that doesn't jive with me. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah.
0: So one question that, um, that we got when we were, promoting this, uh, this collaboration that we're doing now, this idea for questions you wish you could ask your, your church or afraid to ask or all of that. Um, we got a question from a listener on demons. Um, he said, who are they? What are their tactics, their origins? Can they be redeemed? Basically the who, what, where, when, and how, um, I want to, I want to let you guys obviously chime in for that, but, um, it's on. It's on my listening list, my Audible book list to to go through Dr. Michael Heiser's uh, book on demons. Um. Again, Ryan Peterson in his book Judgment of the Nephilim lays out a pretty good case biblically, not even from the Book of Enoch, which which you can draw on, but just biblically uh, for demons to be the departed spirits of the dead Nephilim the book of Enoch further elaborates on that. But if you just stuck with biblically, uh, Ryan does a good job on that. Um, Luke, we, we had an episode months ago where we dug into the word study a bit, the Strong's concordance on, uh, unclean spirits. And one of the definitions of unclean was a mixture or an impure mixture. And I, And I remember saying, I think that's very fascinating because you have an unclean mixture of a Elohim, you know, angelic spirit uh, involved with humans that should never have been created. It is an abomination. And that's by definition unclean. It's an impure mixture. You know, if you were to think of uh, working in a lab setting or a scientist, you have a pure solution of something unadulterated that you need to use for a test. If you had impurities in there, you would not be able to do that test properly. So that word unclean is used. And I think it's hinting at that mixture of seed.
4: Wow. And if you look at Jesus's ministry in the gospels, right? He obviously identified an unclean mixture in individuals that were manifesting around him. Mm. And he was and this was a human, right? That had an unclean mixture of a demon. We don't know how it got in there, what the doorway was, but he identified it. And in some a lot of cases, they were manifesting certain things, deafness, dumbness, causing a child to be thrown into the fire, right? so just another example of an unclean mixture that you're referencing as far as a demon that was you know um in the gospels
3: yeah as far as demons go, it's really interesting because we, we all have to remember that everything that we are experiencing is, is time and space and matter and all of those different things. But that's just because that's how God designed it. Right. But he's outside of that. and We have to open up. That's what I was talking about before. We have to open up our scope to the fact that there is so much more going on than, than you could even understand. There's frequencies that you can't hear. We already know that dogs can hear frequencies that we can't hear, or they can smell better than we can, or they can, you know, there's all of these different animals that can see better than we can. And so what are they seeing? How are they able to distinguish? How, how do they have these certain senses that help them to understand storms are coming and, and they need to move out of that area, all of those different things that they're tuned into spiritually that's some people would call it you know instinct it's 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 a spiritual connection it's everything around us outside of of this time and space and matter and everything that we understand is spirit. And we are filled with, you know, the indwelling of those spirits. And so when Jesus says to test the spirits, and when Paul says to test the spirits, we all know that they're talking about, you know, or or, or a lot of people at church think that they're testing these, you know, ghosts or these woo-woo spirits that are flying all around. But each and every one of us has a spirit within us. And are we testing those spirits and are we allowing, you know, our the Holy spirit living within us to discern the spirit that's standing in front of us in the form of a human being, but they are indwelled with the spirit. So we have to be sure to remember that we're not only are we testing the spirits that are, that are in woo woo land, but we're also testing the spirits that are standing right in front of us. Who is this person and what kind of an agenda do they have? Because we have to understand when God says that we can be filled with the Holy Spirit, we have to really now start figuring out what that means, right? What does it mean to be filled with the Holy Spirit? And how is it that my spirit moves over out of the way and allows another spirit to come in, right? We have the, we have the guy that uh, Jesus uh, cast the spirit out of. He said his name is Legion. So there was obviously a whole group of demons living in this one dude so it must be possible that there are real ability to have multiple spirits within one container if you will right and so the whole idea of understanding being indwelled with the holy spirit is the same idea of being indwelled with a demon you know it's it's moving your spirit out of the way and allowing another spirit to come in and take
2: control Mm. So I want to wow. share this original thought that I had recently that was driving me crazy. And, and I need, this is the place to say it, right? <laughs> it's like, I think so. Ah. so we're learning about frequency. We're learning about materials, like as in, you know, if you have onyx or you have sapphire and stones, right. We're just rock of the field. You have rocks, stones, whatever. Why is it that I get a ton of reports from old houses, historical homes having residual hauntings? And I'm like, Well, if materials can, uh, like natural materials, like like a stone from the field can actually absorb information and hold information, can something in the spiritual world have the legal rights to almost treat what happened uh, when there was a significant output of energy like a DVD that they can pop into the player and play right so these old houses have they absorbed so much energy and frequency from all these different things you got this i grew up personally in a 300 year old famous philadelphia farmhouse right and there was weird things about the house and weird parts of the house and there was a famous philadelphia painter that that did all these battles uh, of gettysburg that are in our state museum here in pa right and it was like this is really weird so but the connection is if um material. Like Jesus says, even the rocks would cry out if the people didn't worship him. Well, are demons who have legal rights, tormenting people with residual hauntings, because let's just say maybe they're not saved, there's no anointing in the spirit world, and they're going in and the demons are treating the old materials there like a reoccurring DVD player where they're just hitting play, rewind, play, rewind and tormenting these people. I don't know why I just had to drop that. I didn't want to forget that one. It was driving me nuts. But how how it all connects back to like the demon stuff, in a nutshell, what are the demons tactics that that's one of them, in my opinion, there's a demonic tactic. A foul spirit is going to do foul things, right? Um, Unclean spirits. Think about the kind of stuff that, that they do think about the anecdotal evidence. Let's see what the Bible says about foul spirits. We see people rolling and gnashing at the mouth, foaming, right? We see people with a dumb spirit that can't even, they can't talk or comprehend. We see all kinds of different things that that the Bible is showing us. The legion that, I mean, look at a Roman legion, that that's a whole fleet of Roman soldiers and Another interesting thing that you brought up about that, Rick, is nobody could bind the guy who had the legion in him. So there was a physical attribute to the inhabitation of the spirit in his vessel, right? So he's just a mere man sitting there chilling, but now all these legions of spirits are in the guy that Jesus is commanding them out into the pigs. And he's manifesting supernatural strength. You ever see a Buddhist monk or you ever see somebody in a different religion levitate 10 feet off the ground while praying? Oh, yeah. Wonder how they do that, right? Wonder what power oh, yeah. that's being done by. And just a comment, real quick, before I pass it on to somebody else about the tactics of demons, when the apostles were walking by in the book of Acts, even their shadow was healing people. So we need to know what the truth is and what it's not in order for us to grow and actually know who we're serving so we can graduate to that kind of level. Like, like, I'm that's... writing.
1: Uh, let me interrupt you because, <laughs> right when you said shadow, i got a comment from Brandon Spain on Refined Podcast, and he said, uh, truth and shadow podcast. I think I need to read his comment because as I was yeah, writing the word dude, shadow, it. it's, it's shadow. a time thing, dude. so do it.
2: Yeah, go with it.
1: Um, uh, uh let me scroll. I'm, I'm reading off of the Spreaker French radio network where we're live right now, but um, and welcome, Troy. So, there's a, a book called Evil Archaeology. Um, Truth and Shadow podcast is going to interview the lady that wrote this book, and it's about Mesopotamian, the Mesopotamian, Mesopotamians, Mesopotamians, using demons to fight other demons. What do you think about that? Anybody want to go? Yeah, well, um, I I mean, that's like what Solomon was doing, right? Like he was using the the the, Solomon to
2: the demons. I was just going to war with each other.
0: Yeah. Before you jumped in, Michael, I was just going to comment on the on the residual in a house thing, because we had Bill Schnebelin on. Yeah. Um, yeah cool. And he, he was yeah, he cool. was talking about um, he, he had he has sometimes a gift of seeing and he saw in a room blood all over the walls. And God's wow. spirit told him that that was because that uh, people there had frequently used God's name in vain and it was like throwing blood on the walls. Whoa. So there's definitely things that can happen that way. Um but now I lost what <laughs> I lost what I was just gonna say, Michael to no, your thanks point for keeping the train of thought.
1: The audience is like gonna No, hate like, <laughs> oh, Wait, and then <laughs> and then and, and then what with, what what what? And then Michael's like, <laughs> oh, I just read shadow when you said shadow. It's like the most annoying thing. Um you know Steve Quayle used to do that all the time. He'd be like Oh, good night. We're, well, we, I've been, I've had whiskey with these top level generals and they were telling me (laughs) about off planet generals stationed on off on Andromeda. And you know what? It really annoys me that LGBT, you're like, wait, wait, no, no, no. Go back.
2: Go back. No, No. (laughs) No.
4: no.
1: Ah! (laughs) Uh,
4: to Michael's uh, question. Uh, Pete, if you remember, uh, Phil Schne- Schneblin was talking about this is before he came to Christ. How he was deceived. Yes, where that's the one. One. Um, Thank you. Aspect of his beliefs was defeating another aspect, and but both of them were ungodly.
0: Yes. So, so I he think used the
4: enemy will used uh, the tactic of deception in these cultures. You know, and and they're still enslaved, whether it's one demon beating another demon. It's not really beating anybody or coming out victorious. It's all a play on steal, kill and destroy. Keep you in a deceived mindset. Think, oh, I actually accomplished something with this belief because this person got better. Did they really? Yes. Maybe it was a fake healing.
0: It's it's a lure. No, you're absolutely right. And thank you. That is exactly what I was trying to remember uh after my comment about the bloody room was yes, he used uh his occultic knowledge because Bill Bill Schneblin's got a crazy story. He was a druid, a Freemason, a Satanist, a witch. I mean, just incredible story, but he was before christ he was using his occult knowledge to deal with a haunting that he had created in a school because he had done a séance so the séance opened up hauntings for like 2 years and then he found like a book of magic or something and he used this spell and it worked but i think to luke's point that's the where that's where satan lures you in with the occult um to say ah it has power and and you're in you're puffed up by that uh, right. because he he wants to take, you know, he gives you a little something, but he wants to take more from you, of course.
2: Now, I want to kind of flip the script here a little bit and head in a direction to plant some seeds for future conversations of things that are super relevant with regards to things that need to be talked about in the church. And Michael Basham, we've had this conversation personally, uh, I don't know, half a dozen times over the last like month or two, right? About What about this millennial reign? What's really going on in the book of Revelation? Like, where are we at in the timeline? How do we find out? People are saying, oh, I'm post-millennial, I'm pre-millennial, I'm pre-tribulation. We're going to get raptured. And it's like, rapture is not there in this scenario. Harpazo of removing or snatching away. It's the same word that was used in Exodus. They were still, uh, when the blood was spread over the doorway, they weren't snatched up and away like Philip was when he was preaching to the Ethiopian Harpatzod, But the concept is the same, that there was an angel of death that came through Egypt and was killing all, all the firstborn Egyptians, but the Israelites were right in the midst of them and they still were harpatzod. So there's some really interesting discussion on that, but Michael, I want you to just kind of plant a couple seeds because we have this epic, you know, collaboration coming up between me and you, and we're going to dive into This millennial reign of christ and we're going to talk about some really weird stuff that most people are like why don't i why why am i not aware of that where does that fit in well
1: that's going to be a whole show um you know you you kind of have to quit your job get out of america for a few years and just read the bible you know, maybe join a cult or two every once in a while, but just you know, sit under. I used to sit under this ancient tree in Tokyo alone. I was just a student. I was not in a cult. I was just. I'm being silly. Don't join the cult. Um, and I would start reading Isaiah, like Ezekiel, Jeremiah. Like I never sat down and read those books. You're always marching around. Like you must do the homework assignments. You must get a part time job. You must go to the party. You must learn the language. And so it was like the Holy Spirit just had me read the Bible and then in that in that context of being away from america and just seeing everything in the big picture and really reading the whole bible and then a few people came along and were like you really need to look at the millennium like this is the big thing that's coming it's not even the end of the world the antichrist it's like the millennium is the big one and it's the bible is full of this 1000 years of us reigning with jesus christ for 1000 years and then at the end of that one more test and then Earth gets destroyed completely, another rapture, and then it's just the end of world history. And prophets like Neville Johnson have spoken that, and he's not a Mormon, don't worry, but like at the end, when the New Jerusalem comes down, this celestial, gigantic city, and it lands on the earth, if you take the Bible literally, literally, which I recommend people do as much as possible, there is some figurative and symbology and stuff in Revelations, but just take it, I mean, the angel was measuring the New Jerusalem, the thing is the size of the moon still not that big compared to all the galaxies out there and all the stars that that we're going to begin to colonize. And the people of God are going to basically be the shepherds of humanity to just start filling space. I mean, it's going to be crazy. Like Elon Musk has got a good vision on that point. And I know some listeners are like, no, there's no space. It's flat, dude. Yeah. I'm Not talking to you guys right now. Just, I just love you. <laughs> we're not having that conversation at this moment, <laughs> but the millennial reign of Christ is coming and oh, and we're going to get into it. And like every little skill that you have, I have a degree in Chinese and Chinese history and culture and whatever. I never use it, but I'm going to in the millennium, I'm going to be working with the Chinese. I love their culture. Maybe I'll go back again. Um, Japanese too. Who has time to, to do all the things they want to do in this life? Every skill that you have, every like handyman skill, architecture people person you're going to be using it during the millennial reign in that period of time so we're going to do a show about that and it's going to be fun i just i like to focus more on that than jesus is coming back but you we're know, all the Antichrist is going to kill everybody first and, ah, run you know and like more canned food more canned food and it's <laughs> it's it it's tiring like more yeah. gold more guns more and I mean, if we exactly. die tomorrow, then what was the point of all that? You know, like we've got to have yeah. a plan, a long term plan and a vision of hope to give people And the millennium is that anyway. Thank you well, for asking.
2: And I, yeah, and I wanted to plant that seed for the excitement of what's to come there, because I don't really hear anybody else talking about that. You know, there's not really much of that no. ripple effect going on out there. And I've gotten from my daughter's now, She's going to be 16 in like, what, two months and it's relevant among her friends and oh. her conversation. Like I literally was out in Ohio, or I don't know, like a month or two ago, like preaching the gospel on porches in Ohio to like my daughter and her friends. And they're like, they have these questions. And I'm like, this is crazy. Cool. You know what I mean? And then we hit Youngstown, Ohio with Klaus and we're we're doing spiritual mapping and praying through there. And, and it's like, th- this stuff is happening. We went through the whole state of PA from border to border and did like, you know, like this crazy prayer drive. It was a while ago, but. Nice. Um, This stuff is going on. And, and I just want to read some scripture here real quick. And then you, you know, somebody else jump in, you comment on whatever you want, bring another question up, comment on the millennial stuff. But this is Isaiah 60. And we're going to start in verse one, I'm just going to read a couple, couple lines here. Arise and shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and gross darkness the people but the Lord shall arise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. And the Gentiles shall come to thy light, and the kings to the brightness of thy rising.
0: Hmm. Nice. Uh, I wanted to round out a little bit the, the demon question again, because he was asking about um, can they be redeemed? I, I feel like I don't think there's any bi- biblical precedent for that that I think in, in God's, uh, rule book, you know, that's a, that's a human thing as far as redemption. Um, but the other point I wanted to make is that I I think, I think we're a three part being, and I know it's very controversial whether Christians can have demons. Um, but the way that it's helped me to understand it is, and this goes back to salvation too, right? So let me just lay this out in a couple of minutes real quick. God said when they ate of the fruit in the garden of Eden that they on that day they would surely die. Well, we know they didn't uh, stop being having their personalities. Okay, so their soul didn't die. We know that they didn't drop dead that day, so their body didn't die. Those two things are intact. Now fast forward to Paul. He says, if you confess with your mouth body and believe in your heart, soul, you will be saved, spirit. Mm. So the spirit is what died. We can prove that just right there. So a Christian can have a demon. How? Because the demon resides in the body and the soul. It doesn't reside in the part of the body that is the spirit. That is the Holy Spirit's place. Um, So that's how I understand that it can work. And if you look at the experience of people in deliverance. I mean, Michael, I'm sure you could speak to this much better being involved with the Prince ministries, but, um, these are Christians. They're counseling for everything that we can tell. These are genuine believers that are being vexed yeah. by unclean spirits. Yeah. So I just want to make that point.
1: Well, that's the whole, I, I don't know who commented on this, but, um, and I'm no deliverance pastor or anything. I just, you know, very interested in the whole aspects of the mysteries of the spirit. I don't think anybody really understands fully the spirit. That's why we need the Bible. But um, who commented about like you can have kind of like residual, you know, stuff in your system that's just maybe wounded. And then it's like you have like a an open wound and you can even get like maggots crawling under your skin. But it doesn't mean that you're a bad person. It just means you left... You left that untouched, you know. You got that festering wound of um, unforgiveness going on, and then, and people can now look at the look at the trans community. They're like all they're not gay. Remember, gay was like,
2: oh, I'm so happy! Wow, (laughs) we're gay.
1: You know, I'm Tim Cook. Now it's like, I mean, I've met some really, really wounded kids that are trans. Because I was doing a restaurant in Honolulu, and I met so, so many people. And I remember there was this seething entity that I was bringing alcohol to. Probably should have not done that. And at the end of the um, of the, the night, this person was just sitting there all weird and just like uh, seething. And then, oh, can I see your ID, please? Oh, oh yeah, okay, thank you, sir. And I mean, the, it was a dude, but oh, the ID had a girl's picture on it. And I was, I had like 10 tables, I was working at Buffalo Wild Wing, Buffalo Wild Wings. Goofy stories. This person, I just got this feeling like this person, I can tell they're full of demons. And like if ever this communist revolution takes place that we've been hearing about, this is the kind of person that would probably take pleasure in like burying me under 10 inches of dirt, <laughs> like thinking they were doing the right thing for their thing. And so then I go back to pick up the check, the person left, and I look at it, and there's this long letter of hatred and just this filth and, like, making, like, comments about how I looked and just, like, it was just this demon. It was just, And it was all because I didn't use the right gender pronoun. It's the only time it's ever happened. But I remember thinking, like, I was busy. I didn't have time to, like, squint and be like, oh, you're dressed in drag there. It was just this, and I had that that picture of like this is somebody that's really full of bitterness and anger, and and then now what are we seeing? I mean, not to get this banned on YouTube, but we're seeing like the, the so-called you know the, the minority persecuted trans going in and shooting up Christian schools full of kids, and then their their letter came out, and they're just full of like this vile, just oh you, you can't wait to kill it, you know this is. We're going down some dark paths here. The new Rick and Morty episode. It's about cannibalism. Do not watch it. It's disgusting. I was like trying to eat watching Rick and Morty. I'm like, (laughs) like it was all about eating dead bodies. Where is this going, guys? Like, where's the world going? We got to protect our kids. Inspires me to hear Rod going on these faith trips, taking his teenagers out on this. And I mean, I was sheltered from the world. My parents sheltered me a lot. Did it turn me into some evil weirdo no i i went further i went even more into like gosh like the world is crappy and stupid i'm gonna go learn japanese in japan for a few years like our kids should be given that protection so then they can take on anyway i'm getting into another field but it's just it's heartbreaking to be in america and just to see what they're doing everywhere here it's like literally a horror movie these podcasts your guys's shows are vital these communication streams fringe radio network it's just so important that we have um, this conversation and uh, let me just recommend Steve Harmon, Steve Pete Harmon. We had him on strange Clock, and he's been mm-hmm. on my show. Thanks Pete for mentioning him. He's, he's a brilliant guy on that. So I will shut up and let somebody else take the microphone. Thank you very much.
2: <laughs> so I think it would be kind of cool at this point. Like if we just do like a recap on each one of our shows and just kind of like re, um, You know, invite who we are and what we cover as, and maybe recommend an episode from each one of your guys' podcasts, like something like newer or what from whatever time, it doesn't matter. Like, just recommend something that, like, you know, a lot of these listeners have the rest of the day today. And it's like, here, go bite your teeth into this. You know what I mean? So I'll just go real quick. I'm Rod with the Millennial Mustard Seed podcast. I've been uh, on Fringe before with uh, Mr. Michael Basham and, uh, You might have heard my voice through that's so fringy or the days and Noah podcast these guys reached out and interviewed me and the idea is we're, we're humbly pointing people back to the messiah and we're not shying away from the weird topics so this little mustard seed was planted a long time ago and the word says he who plants and he who waters it's a good wage it's a good labor but god gets glory for the growth and, uh, it's an honor to be able to serve in this way and just encourage people and be encouraged. Like it's totally humbling to be here. Like if, if I listened to the voices in my head years and years and years ago, I wouldn't even be alive. Let's put it that way. You know, so to see what God has done in order to be able to, you know, nurture and feed. And and, and that's another encouragement for somebody out there. Don't listen to the negative voice in your head. You have what it takes. You're more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus because there's other voices out there. Be careful which one you listen to. I am living proof of God's grace and how he can use a broken thing to do something amazing. And we express that here on the Mustard Seed podcast. Uh, I dropped an episode recently where I actually recommend a bunch of other podcasts. And I read a bunch of the Apple reviews. Um, You know, I share like an audio message that was called in by like another doctor. I got like a bunch of doctors that want to talk to me and like, get interviewed on the show now, which is like really cool. Cause I'm like, Oh, like I didn't, like, I don't have an education. Like, you know, I don't want to tell people where I actually stopped, but I'm like, Oh, I'm unqualified. But, but I think that's the signature of the Holy spirit. You know, the uneducated fishermen, they were saying of them, clearly these men have walked with the Lord because they're uneducated fishermen and God is using the simple things to confound the wise and say that in all meekness and humility, like that's with reserved power and humbleness. Like I am nobody special. You guys, I'm not, that's why I'm a driving force to represent other members of the body and other podcasts. Like I don't have it all figured out. Like I based a lot of my show around recommending other people that I see they're doing something right. And, uh, just wanted to kind of wind down on my own snippet with that and then pass it on to the next person. Um, plug an episode, tell us a bit about what you do on the podcast, what God is the vision that he's given you.
3: Yeah, we'll all go next if that's okay with everybody. Uh, again, for those listeners that maybe just jumped on, my name is Rick. I'm with That's So Fringy podcast. It's a podcast that my wife and I do together with her sister. And a lot of it stemmed from just, um, you know, wanting to communicate uh, the things that are going on in our world, and how it relates back to this overarching war that we see going on in the Bible and how that, that war that we see in the Bible never went away. Like that's, that's actually still happening today. And, and being aware of that is what leads us to, to repentance and leads us to salvation, right? Being aware that there is a side that you have to pick that you have to be able to make a decision at some point, right? And so we started out uh, at the very beginning, and and don't don't get on to us about the quality, right, of our first couple of episodes because I know more than you that they are garbage when it comes to quality. But the content, um, as we were beginning, we wanted to start with who are they, you know, because a lot of times we talk about who are they uh we get those questions from people where they say there is there is this entity or this force or this whatever that is doing this such and such thing and the first question you always get is well who are they who are those people or who who is that thing and so we thought it would be a good idea to start with that. So we started with who are they one and who are they two. Those are the like first couple of episodes we have. And it was basically just stepping back and saying, okay, how did we get here? How did it begin in the Bible? And then how did we kind of roll downhill to where we are now? Because we can all probably agree that we, we have rolled downhill, <laughs> not uphill, but, uh, I think, I think we're on that pendulum swing. And I've talked about this before where there is this downhill pendulum, but at some point that pendulum is going to swing back in our favor. And I believe that it is doing that now where there is a time of restoration and that pendulum is swinging to that, to that point. And so, That would be an episode or two episodes that I would recommend for us. We like to just talk about all kinds of things. We're going through a series right now on false flags and stuff like that. And I like to talk about some things that are political. Um, Some people might not like political stuff, but it it all matters, guys. We have to pull all of it into our scope and say, how do all of these pieces fit? Because we're not going to throw out the Bible. That stood the test of time, right? There's been book after book after book written on how the the test of time has not been able to kill this book. So if we're not going to throw out the Bible, then we need to figure out how everything else relates to it because that's the source, right? Amen.
1: Powerful. That's a really good point. People need to start with the Bible, the reality of the Bible. Amen.
0: Yeah. Guys, it's great to be here, uh, to get to meet you, Rick and, and you, Michael for the first time and, um, uh, privileged to, uh, be on this journey with you and the, and for Luke and I doing this now a year plus and getting to know Rod and the connections there has been really great. I came across his show, I want to say maybe March this year, some, sometime around then and we got connected, uh, heard him interviewing Dr. Lars Sanger and a few others that, that. Luke and I look up to, um, for us, our journey was through blurry creatures. Luke told me about the show and I got hooked. I was binging it, uh, one week at work where I, where it just so happened. The project I was in, I was able to, to listen over and over and about the third or fourth day of the week. I just felt this prompting, like we should do this. We should talk about these things. Um, not necessarily the creature thing, but, but part of it. And, and the, and the big picture and, and what's coming and the supernatural and all of that. And Genesis six giants, that was a huge one. I remember Luke introducing the word Nephilim to me many years ago with, uh, what was it? Randy Elcorn Luke? Was that? Uh, no, I'm, no, I'm trying to uh, think. Randy of, Domain. Randy Domain. Sorry. Yes. I'm, I botched yep. that. Anyway. Yeah. And I was like, what is this? So that's where we started. It was going to be almost like a book club with Luke and I and maybe one or two other people having like a Saturday discussion. And I had a coworker of mine say, you guys should record this. I'm like, Oh, well, that's a good idea. All right. Started recording it. And then the wheels started spinning in my head creatively. And I'm like, Oh, I could put this out on the airwaves. And so I just want to encourage people to like have these discussions. And if you feel like You want to have a voice of your own, or you want to bring on others. Like Rod said, we're, we're small fish, but you know, we want to be faithful in the small things, you know, make, make connections over time and don't feel like you have to have it all together. Um, and, and let God run with it because I think, I think God loves, he delights in, in using the, the simple things to, to, to show up the wise. Um, So a couple episodes to recommend for us on the days of Noah that Luke and I host is if you if you are very, very new to the topic of the supernatural in the Bible outside of, you know, walking on water, the stories that we all kind of grew up with in Sunday school, things like the Nephilim in Genesis six and the reason for the flood. If you're very new to that you will relate to how we kind of ease into it on episode one with Luke, myself, and my friend Don. And Don was a part of many of our earlier episodes. Um, If you are a little farther along in that, I would jump fast forward to episode 35 with Doug Van Dorn, uh, Origin of the Genesis 6 Heresy. And to me, this is the... If, if this episode could get 10 times more plays than any of our other ones combined, I would be happy because, again, I said it earlier, I think it's so crucial to understand the reason for why God did what he did with the flood, with the holy wars, with Joshua and so on. You don't have a context for it without the Nephilim. You don't have a context for it without the the seat of, the, of Satan against the seat of the woman in Genesis 3. And Doug Van Doren lays that out very, very clearly. Um, And then beyond that, I would say Gary Wayne, episode 45 and 46, Counterfeit Eden and the Return of the Golden Age. Um, That one blew my mind, just how he laid out from the very get-go, how all of these false systems and religions started and what they've turned into. So Powerful. Yeah, it's good stuff. Well,
1: are, is it my turn or did we all go? I mean, Mr. Bashir, it oh,
2: is it you your turn now to answer the questions. last, not uh tell you.
1: <laughs> I know uh, as far as my show that I do every day, um, I would just recommend people join us like in the live stream because at this point it's turning into kind of like Alex Jones Infowars. Like it's just like, get in here. We got
3: to fight this battle. Who's in here to share the stream?
1: You know always something happening i would say the local the latest interview i did spearforce was um the team waynesville uh stephanie sutton it's really important just so that you can see like how a local town could be your town and it's probably your town but i mean it took supernatural grace to see how they're infiltrating these towns and there's big money george soros money coming in and you could have a tiny little town in the middle of nowhere they're coming in you Mm -hmm. know this is the thing you might say like, Oh, I have a small podcast or whatever. No, like you're the podcast in your town. Like You're the guy um, and we need to continue these shows. Fringe Radio Network has has gotten uh, Spreaker Prime. So I would advise people that are, you know, if if you can handle us, I mean, we're pretty fringy, but um, there's there's an opportunity there to promote your shows more. Uh, It's the smaller networks, though, like you might see a Steve Bannon crash and burn or a Trump go to jail or an Owen Stroyer, or somebody like that. But like if you have two, if you have they say too many podcasts. No, these are each one of you guys is vital. Like keep planting the seeds. Interview Gary Wayne every week. I bet you we should do a race. Like who can interview Gary Wayne the most? You know, (laughs) I love that guy. But also your voices are important do some solos like your monologues. Like, um, I'm, I'm most familiar with rods, but I mean, his, the millennials are listening. They want to hear this man. You have the cool factor. You make a all look cool. And then also you can connect with that generation. Your, your daughters and that age length, wavelength age group, whatever we can look at it always. Like we're, we're training others to train others to train others. And, um, as far as interviews go, though, like I'll be doing as many interviews as I can. Um, Strange O'Clock Podcast is really the flagship project that I get to be with. With uh, Geraldine Kozak, is we have a show with Derek Gilbert that I really liked. It was really cool to talk to the legend finally, like after years. And um, and then uh, finally, don't if you listen to my stuff, like sometimes I'll interview people and I don't agree with them, but I'm trying to witness to them. So don't be afraid to interview somebody that's trans or whatever and a witch if god leads you be careful don't just do it all the time some people have gotten some people have turned to the dark side of the force you know listening too much yeah. that stuff but <laughs> we're focusing on the super soldier program people james rink yeah people that like the james casbolt stuff the really crazy weird off-planet occult stuff i got intercessors behind me i got you know Derek prince ministries praying for me but we went in and we prayed with James Rink to receive Jesus. And this guy is like a hub of all these new agers, super soldier talk YouTube channel. He received Jesus. I don't know if he realizes it, but you know, it was kind of one of those, like <laughs> pray with me. <laughs> you know, I don't know what you guys think of the salvation prayer, but I think it works nice. um, better. It better work. You know, <laughs> how do you get saved? Otherwise, uh, confess, re- 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 confess, you know, repent, but confess, Jesus Christ is Lord and you will be saved anyway. Um, we're a war operation and this is a military and we need soldiers all the time. So this is a round table of nights and I applaud Rod for putting this together. And uh, we're live again on Fringe Radio Network. Thank you for allowing us to do that. And then um, maybe tell us where the video is going to be too.
2: Yeah, so this will be uploaded onto my podcast. the millennial mustard seed i'm gonna send the audio and video files to each one of you guys if you feel led to upload it to your youtubes if you got a rumble account Um, i'm gonna put it on youtube i'll put it on rumble it'll be on the mustard seed so uh, and anybody else who is here on this majestic mashup who wants to share this as well beyond just the live beyond the mustard seed let's send the ripple wave out there let's get this message out there we are a team We are like-minded. There's one spirit, one truth and one baptism and clearly a diversity of gifts (laughs) and a lot of awesome questions yet. And it looks like Rick has one right now. So Rick, what do you got? Yeah, it's not a question. I just wanted to let everybody know that we, we don't want to come
3: into this and act like we have all the answers and that we're that your local pastor or or your local church isn't sufficient or that, or that none, none of it that's going on there is worth it. We're not saying that what we're saying is, is we need to transform it. You need to be an agent of change in your own community that, you know, and if you have these questions um, you know, be bold, be bold, just as, just as bold as you would be to enter into the throne room of God, right? You should be able to be that bold to walk into your churches and say, this is what Jesus says. And why are we doing it this way? You know, because we, it's the silent majority that, that keep us walking down this path, right? We have to, we have to stand up. And I know, this has kind of been a jumble, lots of questions, lots of talk, lots of things, but we're going to continue to do this, guys. This isn't this isn't the only episode that we're doing. We're going to continue to do this. So if you were thinking, oh, I got on here and I had a question, I didn't get to ask it, or, or you didn't answer my question, blah, 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 I get that. We all understand that we can only put so much in a certain amount of time, but our goal is to continue to come together for this mashup and talk about all of these things together because because we know you have more questions. We know that this wasn't enough and that right now you're salivating and you're foaming at the mouth, not like a demon or anything crazy like that, but you want (laughs) to, you want more of this content. You're not pulling Michael over there, making weird sounds into the microphone, but that's, but this, this agenda that that we have is, it's not our agenda. It's, it's Mm. God's agenda. This is what Jesus told us to do was to push his gospel message, the good news throughout the whole world. And we have this thing called the internet. So why not utilize this technology, right? We, in the matrix, you always have the fight against the machines and the humans and all of that, right? Well, so people, when it comes to technology and everything like that, they want to push it away and be like, oh no, I'm spiritual. I'm not, I'm not technological. Well, I I think that those things mesh. And I think you're going to get to the point where you realize that that's a lot more connected than you ever could have imagined and that you're going to come to a point where you realize that God is uh, technological and we can use this technology to do those things. Pete, you got something?
0: Yeah, I was going to piggyback on that. You know, Tim Benz told us on, on one interview that we should ask God what he was thinking of when he thought of making us. What was, what was the purpose he had in mind for us? You know, we're, we are diverse as the body of Christ and, and thank goodness that we're all not ears, eyeballs, or, or, you know, or toenails or whatever. Like we, we need the whole thing and, and find your voice, ask God to reveal what your voice is supposed to be in your local, uh, ecclesia, your local church gathering, um, and, and, and play that part as he reveals
2: that. Well, it honestly is an honor to be with you gentlemen and to know that everything that's coming down the pipeline is going to be organic and natural. It's stuff is just happening. Enoch, uh, our buddy from the rundown of our reality was commenting recently and said, who is all surprised with as much as they have learned over the last three years. You know, since COVID, and and I was like, dude, back in those days, you know, when when the foundations were being laid for the little seed over here, it's like every couple months we learn something pretty big and fit it into the prayer closet. And now it feels like it's every single day something is coming down the pipeline. Every single day we're learning something, and it's more of a reason now than ever to believe and to cry out to God. Uh, our salvation is closer now than the day you first believed. And I'm humbled to be here. Michael, I'm just uh, honored to call you friend man. And laughter is so important, you know, as we really wind down and, and close this first epic of, of hopefully many meetings and gatherings like this, um, Michael brings, you know, a seasoned perspective, you know, just being a part of uh, future quake, you know, the foundations of this stuff, you know, I just got in contact with Basil and Gans recently, and it's like we have so much to talk about. Michael, with you know what I mean, the, the the foundation, these guys were torch bearing back then, they're still doing it now. They're changing the game as we know it, and like we're finding each other and we're seeing what each one of us can bring to the table for the glory of the name that is above every single name. Helly That's dude. why we're in the race. Amen. Yeah, I so knew those hands were gonna be super go. Super
1: cool, like, oh. man! Love here guys. <laughs> Drew Bug, yeah. okay, get in <laughs> your audience. Go, okay. Get, get, here, get in here, Brandon's brain. Get in here.
2: Put those wings out, gentlemen. All right, you guys, this is super cool. We got to do kind of a hard close here in just a minute. So let's give Michael Basham the last word and just thank you for opening up Fringe Radio Network for all of our crazy voices, man. Thank you yeah. for just being Thanks, like Thanks, Michael. Yeah, we yeah. appreciate yeah. it. Super thank you. Fun. It was
1: so fun. All I want to say is to, to all you guys that skipped Saturday morning cartoons this morning. <laughs> Be a part of this. 11 2023. Started at 11-11 o'clock, too, by the way. It was the timestamp. Not into that, but, you know. Um, and that's the that's why the voices. I thank you guys. Uh, just keep going for God. And uh, don't forget to send all of us lots of money. You know, <laughs> you know, can do that. I appreciate. No, don't be afraid. Po- new podcasters, don't be afraid to send out your, your PayPal and all that. Because we need to support each other and if you don't have money text one of these episodes that you like i challenge everyone to follow all of our podcasts and just send a comment let us know that you're listening welcome all of you guys in the chat i want to say thank you to troy Demchek and brandon spain and bt wallace and uh we'll definitely have to um do another one of these soon um thank you so much god bless you all thanks guys
2: yeah thanks guys thanks for showing up We'll see you guys on the next one. That is all for this wonderful Saturday, 11, 11. Can't wait to do it again. God bless and goodbye. Bless you guys. Right on. Oh, Are we still alive? Should we like make crazy noises into the mic?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. we're live. Everybody, cool. let me hear your, so, your oh, war cry as up. I go.
2: Okay. What's your war cry, everybody? <laughs> I, I know how to make the sound of a thousand baby chickens drowning, but I don't know about war cry.
0: <laughs> I can do uh, a lawnmower and a crotch rocket if you want to hear those. Okay. All right, do it. Okay. it. Go for pull it. the string, alright? Oh, that's pretty good. There you go. Thank oh my you. gosh! Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah, everybody! <laughs> there,
2: you go. there you go. It sounded like oh, it was everybody. a carbon copy from Grand Theft Auto from back yeah. in the day. It sounds right. like he like recorded that somehow. <laughs> Super cool! All right, guys, I am out of here. I'm hitting the stop record on my end. Yeah, okay, me until too. Next time, gentlemen. I'm playing right. Goldeneye okay.
1: 64 music right now. Okay, bye, bye, <laughs> everybody. Yeah, see you later. Right. See ya. All right.